0: Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential Podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential Podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential.
1: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long we are talking about something that's kind of important and that's money and why money matters. And my guest today has been with us before and he had so much incredible information to share before. We were a little specialized in what we were talking about with money. We're going to open it up a little bit today, but I know you're going to find his information incredibly valuable. So let's talk a little bit about him. Our guest today is Simon Brady and he grew up in London, but came came to Wall Street in the late 1980s as a trader which you know, that had been a crazy time. He worked there for over 20 years in both currencies and equities before turning to personal financial planning and realizing there was a different way he wanted to manage this. He wanted to set up his only fee only firm called Anglia Advisors. And it's a personal finance and investment consultancy that specializes in working specifically with younger individuals, couples, and families looking to secure their financial futures. And joining me today is my friend Simon, that we've had on the podcast before. I can't wait to hear what he's got going on now.
2: Thank you for having me. Very happy to be back.
1: It's nice to have you back. And actually, I was taking a look at your Instagram page right before we got back on and I see that you've done a lot of media interviews lately as well. So you you are getting a lot of opportunity to get your message out. I can't wait to hear about that. But tell us a little bit more about you and your firm and how what you do today helps all these people you work with to shock their financial potential.
2: Uh, sure. So um, I uh, originally grew up in uh, in London and uh, came over here, as you say, in a in a trading capacity in the late nineteen eighties, um, and I kept on in that world until that world blew up in two thousand mm-hmm. um, and eight, um, and. So what I what I learned during that period of time was um, I sort of saw a little bit behind the curtain of how financial markets work. What actually generates uh, activity within the financial markets is actually a little different than what people see from think or see from the outside. Um, and I got qualified as a CFP, a certified financial planner, uh, set up my own firm, uh, as you mentioned, Anglia Advisors, and when I set it up, I I, I sort of realized that there's a lot of financial planners out there. I'm in New York, there's a lot of financial planners in New York, Um, you need to specialize, you need to niche. Um, So I decided rather than be a a catch all to everybody financial planner, uh, I would try and identify some uh, demographics that were underserved by financial planners, Um, and focus on them. And it soon became clear that the big, big demographic that was underserved by financial planners was, as you describe, uh, younger people. Um, And that's because of the business model of most financial advisors is that you've got a $1 million, you've got $10 million, you've got $30 million, give it to me to manage. That's how I'll generate my income. Um, and, uh, you know, the rest will come from that. So I, my compensation method is completely different. Um, I work per hour on a per hour basis. Um, I, it's a bit like an old lawyer where I say, you know, I work for you for four hours this month and my hourly rate is this, um, Here's my invoice for the the amount. So I'm not charging on a transactional basis. I can manage clients' money if they want me to, but I don't insist on it. And you certainly don't need millions and millions of dollars to work with me. So with that model, I was able to work with younger people who perhaps haven't built up that that enormous nest egg that the pre-retirees and the retirees have, Mm. Uh, and there's a lot less competition for those people than there is for the rich retirees. So um, I moved forward looking specifically to work with younger couples, younger individuals, younger families, um, and frankly, They're a lot more interesting uh, because things are going on in their lives. There's a lot more life events. They're getting married. They're buying their first home. They're having kids. They're getting divorced. They're getting um, changing jobs with relative frequency. Uh, There's constant need to check in with these people, whereas, you know, the 55-year-olds are cruising towards the end of their career. Their concerns revolve around uh, imminent retirement, Social Security, Medicare, blah, 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 blah. But there's not, I'm talking very generalities here, but (laughs) there's not a lot of life events going on for them compared to the late 20s, early to mid 30s type people who have a lot going on and need a lot of handholding.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My husband and I always joke there's a... uh, well, I know it's in in our market in Philadelphia, but I we were just traveling to uh, Rhode Island and found it on the same channels that there's this break on Saturday mornings right between you know like the seven and eight a.m. hours where there's this two minute you know they make it look like a um, a uh, an, like a comm- like a news media interview, but it's really a commercial, and they're always investment people. But I always laugh because they're like, "We'll take the next five callers who are pre-qualified and have over $250,000 in assets to, you know, have a free conversation with you. And every time my husband's like, oh, we just missed that. We were number six.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I love
1: the fact that you want to work with people um, at a different stage. Not just because you know, I mean, because you want to do more to help them, but also because you're right. They, there is so much going on at that age of your life, and often because you don't have a lot of uh, financial uh, savings yet or investments yet, you're you're overlooked. But you need the help and the guidance. I think even more.
2: I I, I would agree. I mean, you have to pivot so often. I mean, there isn't really no bigger financial event in your life than having a child, for instance. Yes. I mean, it yes. triggers everything. It triggers you now have no excuse not to have a will and estate plan in place. It yes. triggers life insurance needs. It triggers college planning needs. It change completely changes your cash flow, as yeah. those of us who are parents are very highly aware. <laughs> um so there the really is no bigger event in, in in someone's life, for instance, than that. But then, you know, throw in buying your first apartment again in, in New York City and the sort of Northeast, it, it can be an enormous financial um financial upheaval. You're uh-huh. hopefully your changing jobs or increasing salary so your 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 standard of living is moving is moving higher and the mm-hmm. decisions about what you do with your money and I'll, I'll hope to come back to this later decisions about what you are doing with your money is very very important when you're in your 20s and 30s even though retirement seems so far away right um so yeah uh, it, it it's it's far more interesting and and the other point is there's far more i can do for people Right. When they come to me in their 20, when they're 25 years old or 30 years old. If if a 55-year-old comes to me and says, you know, I'm thinking about starting to save for retirement, I'll oh, be like, boy. I mean, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, buy a lottery ticket. I, I there's yeah. nothing I can do for you. <laughs> or, you know, someone with a 16-year-old child who comes to me and says, you know, we're thinking of starting some college planning. Can you ha- I mean, I've had these conversations. Yeah. We're thinking yeah. of starting some college planning. Well. She's gone to college in two years. I mean, you should be looking at colleges right now. I mean, we're, we're right. way beyond anything. So, but if people come to me, I love it when people come to me at this very, very early stage uh, and have this self-awareness to come to an advisor at that point because there's so much we can do. If you give me 40 years of yeah. time horizon, I mean, the, 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 there's no limit to what you can what you can do.
1: Well, and when you're at that age, and I, again, I know you said you're making general statements. I'm going to make a general statement as well. Um, and But I fell into this is, you know, a lot of times when you're in that age, you don't want to ask your parents for financial advice because you want to look like you can make it on your own and you know what you're doing, even though you have no clue. Um, but financial advisors typically aren't going to blink at you because they're like, come at, come see me when you have 250000 you know, in your 401k. But um I know that we talk about these major life events, you know, a new job, a marriage, a child, a divorce, um, all uh, job changes. And I remember my very first, you know, like career type position um, when I was leaving that position. I was also getting divorced and it almost was happening at the same time. And. I really did not know what a 401k was. I knew how much I'd been putting in it. I knew you know, what that number looked like, but I'd had no idea. And I needed financially to survive um, during that time of the divorce. And so I cashed it out and I had no idea. It wasn't a ton of money to begin with. But when you realize that you're only getting a small fraction of that because of what it's supposed to do over time, it was a huge, huge, um, terrible eye-opener And I wish I would have had somebody, I mean, not that I didn't have my family, I could have asked them, but I wouldn't, I didn't at that time. Um, But I wish I would have had somebody that I could have said, I don't know how to do what I need to do now. And I'm thinking about cashing, you know, in my 401k and somebody like you would have probably said, do you have anybody else, you know, your parents, anything that can float you alone to get that, that, you know, whatever, because... You're going to harm yourself by that. That's going to take a chunk of your future away from you. At the moment, most most people in their twenties don't know that.
2: That's absolutely right. And um, and the other the other difference is that these transactional um, commission based financial advisors, which is most of them. They're not really incentivized to talk to you about things like estate planning or Mm -hmm. debt management, how to handle student loans, because they can't monetize that, right? I mean, unless they're also lawyers who can write your will for you, uh, why are they going to waste their time talking to you about estate planning or student loans because they can't monetize it? Let's just talk about investments and let's talk about you Buying this particular fund because I get paid for it. Um, Whereas, if you have a compensation model that revolves around essentially time and expertise, Mm -hmm. uh, project management, essentially, um, you know, I don't. I get paid the same whether we're talking about estate planning or whether we're talking about investments or insurance or debt management or anything else. So, I can have a very wide range of conversation topics with people and. Again, these are the things that afflict this generation, particularly when we talk about student loan debt, yep. uh, credit card debt and everything else. There's no yeah. way a regular financial advisor is going to waste the time talking to you about how to handle that, whereas yeah. I can.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's That was another piece of interesting advice because I knew at one point when I got past that crisis mode, And I was trying to starting to think about things like life insurance and, and really um, by that time I'd actually gotten very smart about, you know, my 401ks and my future jobs and how I invested. And, you know, I maxed it out every time and, and maxed out for me everything I could do. Um, But I remember also sitting down with a, a friend of mine who was a financial advisor. And I said, you know, I really wonder if my 401k is enough. And, you know, so he was asking me things about that. And I still at that time had a, a, relatively, you know, um, sizable amount of, of, uh, consumer debt. And he's like, well, the first thing you need to do is just get rid of your consumer debt. And I remember thinking there's gotta be a way I can do both because one seemed insurmountable, which it wasn't, but, you know, it seemed insurmountable and then, but, you know, the, I needed somebody to just listen to me and say, you know, Okay, let's talk about what you're trying to accomplish. You know, whether or not it's feasible, mm-hmm. you should definitely get rid of the debt, but you know, if it'll make you feel better about your future, you know, let's talk about what you can do. And that's it's I'm much more comfortable having those conversations and pushing back now as a, you know, as a person closer to retirement. But a lot of young people don't have that, if they even have somebody to talk to, they don't have the self-confidence to ask those questions. So I love the fact that you've said You know, I also can touch base with them more frequently because their lives are changing, which means that you're constantly saying, just checking in, I'm assuming just to say, how's it going? Anything else we need to, you know, take into account, you know, anything you want to discuss, because then that gives them more confidence to be able to talk about issues that they might not otherwise ask
0: about.
2: Yeah. And again, the compensation model lends itself to that. Basically, I will work with people, we'll have an agenda, we'll get through all this stuff. And then when we get through it, I'll say, well, okay, so the paperwork we put together actually permits you to contact me anytime you want. Uh, And we, you know, if in six months time, you find that you're gonna have a child, or you are going to buy an apartment, or you're going to move from New York to Chicago, or whatever it may be. you just contact me, and we're back on the clock again. Um, yeah. I'm I'm available to you for this kind of stuff, and I absolutely 100 know that these kind of things are going to happen to you. No one yes. gets from 25 to 35 without a whole bunch of things happening. <laughs> um, a lot of drama. So I'm there, and I have clients who you know I work with. We settle up, uh, and eight months later, it's the next I hear from them. Um, I mean, I do keep in touch with clients, but I do do the check-ins that you referred to. But generally speaking, when they're ready, i'm I, I am I want to be their first call when something happens in their lives. That's really what it what it comes down to.
1: Very good. Well, Simon, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor for the month, and we will be right back. Do you want to be a go-to expert that news reporters, anchors, and media producers turn to? Are you a media professional looking for credible, reliable, and timely guests? If you answered yes to either of those questions, then Shock Your Media Potential is for you. This one-of-a-kind platform connects vetted experts with news professionals around the globe. As a part of our launch celebration, you can participate for free in our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference running March 28th through April 1st. Together with my co-host Eddie Luisi, known as stage manager to the stars and also stage manager for Good Morning America, we have interviewed 25 media personalities and professionals to ask them the questions you need to know the answers to. Like, how can I make myself more newsworthy? How do I best pitch a story? How do I get invited back again and again? And much more. Some of our guests are household names with exceptional on-camera careers. Others are award-winning directors, producers, camera operators, audio engineers, celebrity hair and makeup professionals, and so much more. To learn more about our platform and our conference today, go to shockyourmediapotential.com. And we are back with Simon Brady, and we are talking about um, the importance of, of not only um, taking a good look at your financial planning and really taking a long-term ap- approach to it. But, you know, really why he specializes in this area with younger people who he can work with and help develop their, their financial future over time. And Simon, I want to ask you, because I wrote down um, something that you said, which I thought was great. You said project management. it's more like project management. So I've already decided the title of your episode is project management for your money. Um, and I think that's a brilliant way to look at it because that means you're really taking a long-term systematic detailed view not just you know what's the hottest thing to you know buy and sell in your portfolio but really what's our long-term objectives so you know when when you first meet with people you know how do you help them determine what they want to accomplish or you know how you're going to take what their goals are and help bring it to life for them
2: so we'll have a we'll have a discussion um uh on the phone or on zoom and what i always want to try and establish in that in that first discussion is what why now mm-hmm. so no one wakes up and says i'm going to I want to see a financial planner today. There's always a catalyst of some kind. Why now? Why not three months ago? Why not in six months time? Something's happened in their life to get them in front of me. Uh, and it's important to try and establish quite early on what that is. Now, it can be very obvious, it can be, Oh, we just found out we're pregnant or um, I just got this new job offer or whatever it is. It could be something very, but it could also be a little more subtle than that. Um, You know, we've been talking amongst ourselves as a couple. Uh, We feel our expenses are getting a little out of control. We're starting to get concerned. I just, I had a client once who called me up um, on her 30th birthday because she had a complete freak out on her 30th birthday that she'd never, uh, she hadn't started planning. So it was just literally the date that, that, that triggered it in her. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to try and establish that early on. But what I don't want to do uh, that some financial planners have a tendency to do is I don't want to necessarily tear up your whole financial life and put it back together again. I don't want to come in like a wrecking ball. Uh, maybe you don't need that. Some people do need that. Don't get me wrong. Um, But most people... Need to uh, work around the edges of what's going on. Maybe they've got an estate plan in place. Maybe they've got adequate life insurance and they just want to focus on their investments. Uh, Maybe they're very smart about their investments, but the rest of their life is a bit of a mess. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've got student loan debt or whatever. So I want to establish what types, what kind of agenda we're going to put together. And it really is up to the client to put the agenda together. Mm -hmm. If they want to work on two or three things, Um, for a few hours, that's fine. Let's sign up for that because Mm -hmm. other things are going to happen later in their lives and they're going to come back to me. Or if they want a complete, they want to nuke their financial life and put it back together again, I can do that as well. It's up to them. Um, I don't impose uh, a methodology on them uh, for this kind of stuff. It's whatever they want to do.
1: Did you Have you seen any differences in the way people... um, are looking at their long-term financial future now or maybe urgency of it since the pandemic? Uh,
2: Yes, I I, I think the pandemic reminded um, quite a few people about, unfortunately, about their mortality. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it sort of reinforced that um, very unexpected things can happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've certainly found the estate planning discussion far easier with people in their 20s and 30s than I did before, of course, because interesting. Yeah. They were invincible before. Nothing was ever going to happen to them. Why do I what do I need a will for? Um yeah. you know, and I think that 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 sort of um overconfidence has ebbed away a little bit as a result of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um I think uh there have been uh, there has been uh, an increase in I think just general awareness that you can't plan your life out, um, yeah. uh, in the way that you want to things, external, external things are going to happen and there is a need to, to prepare for those. Um, so yeah, I would say uh, at a very high level, people's minds have been opened up a little bit towards the, uh, uncertainty of, uh, of life as it were.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting. I, and I, I agree with your point. I had to laugh when you said, you know, I want to know why now. There's, you know, usually some sort of a trigger. I spent a lot of years of my career um, in the sales of hearing aids. So I ran these large sales organizations. And I always said, nobody ever wakes up and goes, today, what I really want to do is go get tested and buy hearing aids. Like nobody does that. Right. Nobody wakes right. up with that excitement. And although I think each one of us, in in our minds, at different levels of our different times of our lives, know we want to have more financial security, have a financial future that looks brighter. There, there's usually something that makes you say, "Okay, today I'm going to do something about it." So I'm, I was just curious about that because I think, um, you know. F- we saw it, I think my husband and I saw it with some of our friends and family too, a different sense of urgency with all right, what are we doing with our you know money, our investments? Um, just seeing what was going on in the world and, and what might happen. So I just assumed, but I wasn't sure.
2: <laughs> no, it's true. And some people some people really don't want any more than validation, right? So there's yeah. financial advisors call them validators. So they're working with me because They've got a plan. They think they're on track, but they they really want me to come back and endorse what they're doing. Um, And often I do. I meet some very financially smart clients, but sometimes they'll go off down some financial rabbit hole and start throwing enormous amounts of money into crypto or buying lots of their company stock or all these sort Mm -hmm. of things, which they think they're doing the right thing for. And... um, you know i i will i'm not changing their path i'm commenting on what they are doing then you have the delegators and these are the people who want to say look here take the keys do everything for me i oh. do, I, I just yep. i'm a botanist or i'm an actor and i just don't my brain doesn't function with this and i want to outsource everything to you so i can deal with delegators i can deal with validators um and and They're they're, they're different projects, but um, they're, they're, again, it sort of comes to the same thing. Um, My model permits me to work with those people and not necessarily uh, in a way that commission-based advisors can't necessarily do.
1: Yeah, I wonder, did you have to uh, make any comments to people like, are you sure you really want to invest all that in GameStop?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that, that was a little over a year ago, that little, uh, I mean, I say a little over a year ago, it's, it's, it's sort of still going on. Um, yeah. Fortunately, those type of people, the people who got mixed up in that are not really the kind of people who are going to come to a financial advisor anyway. They're obviously yeah. hyper confident about what they're doing. um you know whether that's right or not is different matter those people are not don't really seek out uh validation um and the same with the complete you know crypto evangelists who are just you know the the world's coming to an end you know those kind of people aren't going to come to me uh i am i do have people who are curious about cryptocurrency what kind of um what kind of percentage of my assets would would be appropriate that kind of stuff and i'm made myself very aware of what's going on in that field to have conversations with them. Um, But yeah, the, the, the ultra Reddit board crypto fanatics, I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to come to me anyway.
1: I know I'm. I'm probably like my grandmother might have been when you know credit cards were first coming out. Like I don't want to have anything to do with crypto, and I'm not jumping on GameStop when the company is going down. But right. you know, there's people. That's why some people also gamble and make a lot of money. Other people take only two hundred dollars to the casino and leave when it's gone. <laughs>
2: Exactly. And I think it's important to know, and for me to know, uh, um, I I, I don't shut that stuff off, to to know the knock on effect of these people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the meme stock crew affected the whole stock market for a while there. Crypto is a genuine asset class that needs consideration. So I don't, I I make myself uh, very aware of what's going on in those areas. It's just that those. More fanatical people are not the kind of people who are going to go to a financial advisor.
1: So true. You're you're absolutely right, and probably it wouldn't be very helpful for you to work with some of them because if they're you know if they're just seeing that as their option, then they're not looking for variety in what they're trying to do. Or
2: right, we're not going to diversification have long long term conversations with people like
1: that. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Thank you for sharing that. I just thought it was kind of an interesting thing because we've seen some really unique financial. Things in the last couple of years, you know, especially people sitting at home all day and being able to surf, you know, the web during their workday in their pajamas. And (laughs) some people it's worked out well for and others, uh, you know, unfortunately Mm -hmm. not. But uh, I think we're all learning some interesting lessons about it too. Well, Simon, I know we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, because they're interested in having that first conversation with you, what's the best way for them to reach you?
2: Uh, the website is angliaadvisors.com. Uh, it's advisors spelt with an O. Um, I do maintain quite an active uh, sub stack page where I, I print, I put up um, articles every week about the stock market, what went on that week, the week before. Uh, people can go to that sub stack page. Um, and if they want to, they can sign up to receive the uh, email every week with the market report and everything else. But I've also put some other articles up there um, about more uh, broad financial planning matters. Um, if they follow Anglia advisors on Instagram, uh, every time I put something up on the Substack, I put a link to, or I put a reference to it in the Instagram. So uh, that's a way to keep up with what's uh, what's new. Um, same with twitter so the instagram is anglia advisors the twitter is advisors anglia um i don't really put a lot out it's more sort of hey guys there's a, there's a new article up on the substack if you want to take a look at it um but the website goes through all the details of how to work with me contact details and everything else
1: before we go do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers
2: i mean just really a reiteration of what i was talking about um talking about before, you know, there's an expression that the, 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 best time to start saving and investing is uh, during your first week at your first job. Mm. The second best time is now. Mm -hmm. Um, And just that starting to take saving and investing particularly seriously, uh, as early as possible has absolutely proven benefits. I mean, the, the investments you make in your 20s, are the most impactful investments of your whole life. The investments you make in your 30s are the next most impactful, 40s next most. And frankly, the investments you make in your 50s and 60s when you think you're you know, doing everything, uh, they're the least impactful at all. They mean the least. The yeah. stuff that you do in your 20s, the decisions you make, financial investing decisions you make in your 20s and 30s are going to have more impact than any any others uh, you make later on in life. So. Um, Start, start now, start now, whether it's becoming educated in the area, whether it's con- contacting someone like me, uh, whatever it is, take, uh, take this seriously, because the biggest weapon you have is time.
0: Mm. Uh,
2: and those of us at our stage of life have, I don't have that weapon anymore. Um, <laughs> but if you're 25, you do. So please make use of it.
1: I agree. I'm only laughing because I agree. Absolutely. The older you get, the less uh, less arrows in the quiver, but it uh, doesn't mean that you still can't make a difference. You just have to make choices, but the earlier, the better. Simon, thank you so much for being with us again. It's been a pleasure to have you back with us.
2: Uh, you're very welcome. It's been a pleasure uh, pleasure talking with you, and uh, thanks for the
0: invite. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential Podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.